like I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to pull this off, right? This is this little DIY project now taking up all Paul and Christie's time. Kyle's involved at this point, you know, like, and I was worried I wasn't going to pull this off. Just outside the town of Elberton, Georgia, there is a mysterious monument that contains a message for the future in eight different languages. Some friends of mine, Mike Reeser, Christy Sinkson, and Paul Floyd, made a movie about it. This film is brilliant, a very impressive accomplishment for a low-budget project. It took a couple of years to complete, but it ultimately received the Best Regional Documentary Award at the 2013 Charleston, South Carolina Film Festival. This documentary is fascinating and informative. It's like a mini-history lesson from which we all may benefit. You'll be thrilled as the story unfolds. If you've already seen the film, or if you watch it after the podcast, I think you'll still be intrigued by our combo. Listen up. I'm Larry Ford, and this is another episode of Limited Perspective. Okay, I'm Christy Sinkson, and I am part of the crew on the Georgia Guidestones movie. Uh, my name is Mike Reeser, and I'm the director, producer, filming guy, editor <laughs> Everything. of the uh, Georgia Guidestones movie. <laughs> and I'm Paul Floyd. I'm the narrator. Awesome. Beautiful. And you're all, like, co-producers on these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. this was... Uh, Camera crew, haulers. This was everything we all... This was our project, the three of us. Drivers, caterers. All yeah, caterers. yeah craft services, right? Um, Late nights, frustrated in their kitchen, trying to figure out exactly how we should, you know, word things, everything. I mean, yeah, well, you did that pretty well. I wanted to say, I worked on a couple... Um, projects since I first saw your movie seven years ago and it's a lot of work and it was a much larger crew than three people (laughs) so step first point is I'm so impressed that you made a movie like this with just you know that's we a didn't lot know of labor. what we were doing. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we did it. Not a clue. <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting into. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it was the optimism that kept you. Yeah. You know, going. Not knowing any better. <laughs> Stupidity. How did you? How did you meet and come up with this? Well, ultimately, good idea. Well, uh, we. I mean, if we go all the way back to where we met, it would take you to a woven hand show at the now closed down Tasty World. Mm-hmm. We met at Tasty World. At Tasty yeah. World in uh, Athens, yeah. which is where we met. Okay, are. which is now Magnolias, right? Yes. In Athens. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. And then so. So we became friends, mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, um, you had gone to film school in New York uh, for a week. Yeah, I did like a film boot camp yeah. um, mm. thing in. in in New York City, which was okay. crazy, like maybe one of the best times of my life. And so I just, I was doing some like freelance work for the Travel Channel, like uh-huh. just cheesy Charleston tourism kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, but I just always wanted to make a movie. And like, he's you know, these guys were my friends. And it was, I can kind of remember, this was a question we would get at the end of a lot of screenings. You know, Paul and I would do a lot of Q&A after uh-huh. screenings. Uh-huh. And because um, like, I can almost kind of go back into that the little dialogue or whatever. Uh, it was this cold day in February, and the three of us piled up in Paul's Galaxy, which is in the film, and we just went around Elbert County seeing the cool Paul's place. Hometown. Yeah, right, yeah, the right. cool place Paul grew Perfect. up. Tour guide. I wanted that. to show him strange He's, things, and yeah. yeah, and I love strange. Like I kind of mostly grew up in a kind of a weird little area in 
rural South Carolina, in the lower part of South Carolina, uh-huh. and he grew up in kind of crazy the Thirteen Forks, Thirteen Forks <laughs> area, and so I just I, Thirteen Forks is a community inside Dewey Rose, which is in Elbert County. Ah, and then you because I'm from I've spent time in both South Carolina and Georgia. So what was your town in South Carolina? It was called Utahville. Utahville. Yes, but it's not spelled like the state. It's okay. spelled E U T A W. Ah, okay. Yeah. And Chrissy, you're from uh, Macon, right? <laughs> well, Louisville, Kentucky, then Macon, and then Athens. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. All right. And um, oh, carry on. <laughs> oh yeah. So you know, Paul just <laughs> took us around, and we ate hot dogs, <laughs> and, and we saw all we the caught Billy Meadows Station. Like, hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reference to yeah. film. Yeah. And um, it's just he's such a great storyteller, and I like kind of the weird Southern. Thing, you know, mm-hmm. like the so we see he tells all these stories to all these cool places around Elbert County, and we're at the Guidestones, and it just hits me. And I'm like, hey, in my brain, I'm like, hey, the movie I always wanted to make, this is it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, kind of milled it around. We didn't think he was serious. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned it to them. We're gonna make a movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe someday. Okay, bye. So <laughs> yeah, and so. You know, like, like, I mean, all I had was that little boot camp and some short mm-hmm. content for the travel channel. I had no idea what I was doing. No, I, no clue. You learned just like, a lot as you went, though. Yeah, learned a lot you as I a went. a lot by the time that movie was done. Yep. I learned, yeah, you kind of learn your strengths and the weaknesses for a project. Like, if I ever tackle another project like that, I know exactly what I'm suited to handle and what I should find other people and delegate uh-huh. out, like, yeah. promotion. Crew members like, four and five will do that well, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, when it was finished, like, the promotion aspect, yeah. I, I, that's just not me. And that's kind of where some things kind of fizzled out that, looking back, I wish hadn't because it was just, it, there was some... There was some traction there for a little mm-hmm. while. It was mm-hmm. cool. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun project, and there. I just can't. I, sometimes I, I look back and I'm just like, I cannot believe we did this. I still can't believe it. <laughs> and yeah, I remember at the time, I always say I'm not a filmmaker because I was I was working in adult education uh-huh. back in Charleston at the time. I was like, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. adult education person. You know. Yeah, but, but that's really uh, filmmakers are really storytellers and. And, and really, and actual, you know, educators and historians in this instance, you know, for sure, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I want, I want to say uh, the the, uh, the the opening scene, the Ford Galaxy. <clears throat> what year is that? Sixty-three and a half. Sixty-three and a half. Oh, it's, oh, it's a little bit about half a year older than me, <laughs> and I. I just love watching that car drive down that road, <laughs> and it's like it's. I've, I've spent a lot of time on South Carolina country roads, mm-hmm. you know, about high school age. And you spend the, a lot of time on them, getting from one place to the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And I drive on Highway mm-hmm. seventy two, and I go through Elberton on the way to see my mom <clears throat> periodically. And it's it, the landscape's the same, the sun, you know, mm-hmm. that clicks with me just mm-hmm. to begin with. And then you guys. Um, it, you, it's humanized. It's tangible. You you meet the the personalities involved, and you um uh, and you watch how it's done. <clears throat> you put a good uh, package together, and so the, you it clicked. It dawned on you when you were standing at the guidestones that this is the film you're going to make. And you were serious, and you convinced these two that you were serious. And you started. So how did you pull that off? How'd you get these? How'd you rub them in? We got called drunk <laughs> they in our backyard. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have another beer. Yeah. The old Dan Tucker. <laughs> yes, so. I wouldn't. I didn't want to do it. I, 
I'm afraid of being, you know, in front of a mm-hmm. crowd. I've never but been filmed the, doing from something. From the very beginning, though, Mike said, mm-hmm. I, you need to be the on-camera narrator if I'm going to make this movie. I want you to be telling the stories. Right, Because right. you tell them so well. You've got such a natural gift. And the only hard part was getting you convinced to be on uh-huh. camera. Yes. <laughs> and it's true. You you do, Paul. Yeah. You, know, you, do, you do make it, you know. And, uh, and for the record, I had agreed to do it. Before the alcohol. Yeah. But we, we needed we needed to get you your first time on camera yes. and get it over with. Yes. So we, we did a dry run in our backyard mm-hmm. and uh, came back with a cooler from Five Points Bottle Shop. And <laughs> so I think Terrapin played a big role in the making of our movie in the early days. Um, and so, yeah, we sat around and, and Mike asked Paul some questions just to tell some of the stories he'd already told from the, the trip that we made out to Elbert County. And Paul was reminiscing, and we got some pretty good footage from that. And we found that, yeah, you could do it. This this was a go. This was going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it became easier and mm-hmm. easier as we shot. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, see, Mike was right. Yeah. He put it, started. Just uh, the first time was the hardest, and then after that. Yeah. You knew you could do it. Yeah, it kind of all fell together. Mm-hmm. What, uh, well, let's I'm back up a little bit, and because uh, I... I just I checked in on your uh, Kickstarter page. I didn't watch the video again. I did see it seven years ago. Did you do this film for two thousand dollars in two thousand sixty dollars or what? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what my thought was. It was just kind of like I want to make a movie and was going to do it. And so it's part of the reason it took a while to make it is because, you know, like I was working as a, a teacher in, in South okay. Carolina and then okay. traveling to Elberton whenever I could. Oh, from South from, from, from Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, Elberton, which yeah. is like a six-hour drive. Or well, four, I think. At least, yeah, okay. it was, yeah, it was like a four-hour drive. And I, it was pretty much just out of pocket. Like, I just did it. Like, mm-hmm. I, something I, just, I was just passionate about, and I was all in this kick of, like, DIY art and... Yeah, yeah. You know, and I look at now, like, man, maybe I was just an idiot. But, like, I was just like, yeah, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really care what it cost. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I just wanted to to make a movie. And honestly, we didn't think it would turn into anything. We were like, like, we can get, like, a little screening at Flickr Bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh And, you know, just like, hey. uh Uh, It was just (laughs) something fun. Yeah, just something fun. Yeah, exactly. It was just a fun thing. It was almost Mm -hmm. just like a little side project. See what happens. Mm Um, and so the Kickstarter was, by the time we got to the end and we realized it was, it kind of turned into a little bit something more. I'm not saying it turned into a huge thing, but it turned into something more yeah, than yeah. just... It some, was a full-length documentary. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it turned into something more, and I was like, to, if it was kind of like going, it's like post-production, I think they call it or whatever. Like, I knew the words back yeah, then. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know now. Uh, but it was basically like getting that thing out of my editing software to... Um, like a Blu-ray, because back, uh, like most of the, the the theaters at the time, they wanted a Blu-ray for a screening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, just getting out of the and putting it like us, we had a very small DVD release, and so it was just kind of like some of that get over the hump to try to get this movie out. That mm-hmm. was the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which was yeah, two thousand dollars, which is nothing. Yeah, uh, but it was big to me at the time. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah I got two thousand dollars to help out started. here, yeah, and yeah. very appreciative to all the people who. Gave uh-huh. it was that was exciting too. Yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, they, they yeah they a list of like uh, twenty four donors mm-hmm. or something. You got some in kind donations. 
supplies okay. and such. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Oh, I just want to, uh, before I get long too far, I want to mention Kyle Dawkins. Oh, oh yes. yes. What was it like working with him? And how? Did, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. And it was sort of crazy how it came together. Yeah. He he was like an angel sent from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, if you're watching this. Um, <laughs> no, we, we had almost finished the movie, and that was the one thing that was left was the soundtrack. And, you know, $2,000 is not a lot of money. We'd already blown through it, or mm-hmm. Mike already had it committed to um, what he had left to do. And so he said, you know, Athens is a great uh, music place, but I don't know if I can get anyone there convinced to do music for my movie because I can't afford anything. Mm-hmm. Public do- domain you music get a is piece of the action. Is yeah, is not uh, <laughs> not anything that I would want in this movie. I've mm-hmm. tried, um, and so yeah, we were just sort of puzzling over that. And um, I had known Kyle for for many years. Um, went to one of his shows and. It was after the show. He just—I hadn't seen him in a while. And he said, "What are you up to these days?" And I said, "I'm working on a movie." <laughs> and so he said, "Oh, what about?" And when I told him the Georgia Guidestones, all of a sudden there's all this interest. And I said, ah. Oh, okay. So he's heard of them. That's really okay. cool. Okay. And so I said, "Yeah." And actually, um, funny you should say that because uh, we need a soundtrack person. So if you know of anybody, and he said. Uh, well, you're looking at somebody. Well, what about and, me? Yeah. yeah, and I said, well, we can't afford much. And he said, he was very genuine. He said, I've, I'm really interested in the, the project idea. I've done some soundtrack work. Um, I would love to, you know, do a soundtrack for this movie just to, to gain some more um, projects for soundtracks, and I'd be willing to do it. Like, I, you know, I'd, I want to learn more about it, make sure it's legit. And I said, definitely, sure, of course. So... He, by then, we had some previews available on YouTube, and so I sent him the links to the previews um, from the footage that we'd already shot. And he and Mike met up. I, I introduced them together, and after talking to each other, they, you know, a handshake deal was made. And mm-hmm. I, I still remember <laughs> Kyle saying to, to Mike, he said, I really hope my music is good enough for your movie. And, oh. Mike, and Mike said, I really hope my movie is good enough for your music. <laughs> That is sweet. I'm just emotional. Uh, <laughs> I hope this podcast is, is uh, yeah. Good so, Kyle, your music was yeah, definitely good. It was, it was awesome, Kyle. I remember doing it. I think I was. Um, I always because you know certain things like you get like stuck in your mind's eye or whatever. And I was sitting in traffic outside Portland, Oregon, where mm. I was screening the movie. Yeah, yeah. And did an interview on the phone with Flagpole. <laughs> from Portland. Yeah, yeah from Portland. <laughs> talking to Flagpole. Flagpole in Athens. In yeah. Athens, right. And I remember telling them, like, Kyle's music is the best part of the film. Like, Kyle just knocked it out of the ballpark. And I'm still, to this day, kind of, like, amazed. Yeah. That's, it made- like, that we that Kyle got on board and, and he was kind enough to do this. And it was just so good. It, it made beautiful. the movie beautiful. It yeah. really did. That, that beginning that sets it sets yeah. the mood. Mm-hmm. The car, the music. Oh, and and the quote mm-hmm. at the beginning of uh, uh, by Thomas Paine. It's mm-hmm. necessary to be bold. Some people can be reasoned into sense. Others must be shocked into it. Say a bold thing that will stagger them, and they'll begin to think. Mm-hmm. Why'd you choose that quote? I I chose that because I think that that is. Uh, key to the message and purpose of the Guidestones. I think there's a lot of the reason the Guidestones are there, I believe, is 
a lot of that purpose is tied up in that quote. I think that quote represents it. Not that it's in that quote, but that quote represents a lot of the reason behind the why the guidestones are there. Yeah, because it's like literally a bold thing. <clears throat> yeah, know, and it's yeah, but you know maybe five hundred million is that's like shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like hey, we have to do something. Oh, you mean that comment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like hey, you know we have to do something, but. No one really listens, mm-hmm. so let's hit them with something shocking. Hit them with a number and make them and make them think about the issues we face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that, that make sense? Scarcity of resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely fall into the camp that it's uh, it doesn't mean uh, kill everybody yeah. until you get, get down, down to the right from, number. Yeah. you know, which uh, uh, it, it blows my mind. That some people would would think that there's anything evil, right, yeah. or or ill intended about that. In my from my perspective, it's it's you can mix and mingle with anybody's religion. It's not gonna mm-hmm. freaking take your babies out of church or whatever the hell they're worried about, you know. And if anybody's, you know, killing possums up there, whatever, <laughs> then they're misguided. Hey, that's their own problem. I you know, just <laughs> walked up there and died. Uh, yeah, yeah. It might, I'm not sure. I just crawled up there and died. Watch the movie to get that reference. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's important. I mean, because what I like, I like you. You, got, you gave since you got these people in sincere interviews, and and they're and, and they're honest about their views, and it was like. I get, it's generous of them to mm-hmm. get up there and, and talk, but I, you know, I end up, I end up, I, I haven't, I have my own personal opinions and certain, I react to certain things, I guess. So, yeah, though, especially the part about leave room for nature, leave room for nature, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. <laughs> Is that so hard? Three times. It's so hard. Yeah. You know, it's What's like, hard about that? It's hard. Yeah. You know, I think Jesus would agree with that. Yes. You know, you know, I, I was okay. I was afraid I was going to end up, like, f- mocking some of the characters interviewed on the film. That is one but of the best I, things he did. Yeah. It's, Mike is a, yeah, very good at just, like, keeping it real. Let them say what you mean. You know, I, I'm not going to imply any judgment. So you're really a good interviewer, you know. Well, you know, thanks for saying that. Like, that's one of my... Even, you know, I may not agree with all the the people I interviewed personally, right. mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of I feel like this is just my opinion. I don't really know, but I feel like like documentary filmmaking has really gone the way of docudramas, mm. where things are very you know like drama. You know, you mean they have an agenda and they're trying. Well, yeah. not so much. Maybe not even an agenda, but it's just like. Playing up the sensational. Yeah, they really play up the sensational. There's a lot of staged, you know, music on sets. Not, you know, it's almost like they turn the world that you're looking at that should just be real uh-huh. for a documentary into a set, right? And do a little staging and things like that. And and some of my favorite movies are would probably fall under docudrama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'll say this, I guess, because I'm doing this thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, one of my biggest influences with this and a lot of people aren't going to like this is Searching for the Wrong Eyed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Andrew Douglas film with Jim White as the uh, he's the, like the narrator he goes to the south um, and and I'll, like for me there's there's a lot about that movie that you could be very critical of and, and dislike and I know there's been a lot of critique or whatever in that film but mm-hmm. 
as someone who spent a lot of you know my formative years in the rural South, mm-hmm. like that movie really hit home for me, and it was a big driving force as so you know because I always wanted to make a movie, and I looked at Strong Eyed Jesus, and there was just a lot about it. I love the music, and he got Sixteen Horsepower and Handsome Family, and all these like favorite <laughs> you know all these favorite musicians. And as much as I love that movie, and it was a huge influence. It was still it's I consider it more like a docudrama, okay, where it's a lot of stuff is staged, and I wanted to just show the real storytelling like I wanted these people to tell me what they thought and I may not agree with them but I really tried Mm -hmm. to -hmm. just let them have their say no coaching no judgment no judgment no coaching Mm -hmm. just like boom this is this is what somebody thinks about the Guidestones and they're in the community and I may disagree with them but their opinion is valid and there's a lot of people who agree with them right right right. Uh, so I really wanted to try to get that across and I I feel like hopefully I did, and so like when you say things like yeah. that, I appreciate it. But I'm kind of rambling, I guess, right no, now. No, but, that's what. Yeah, that's. Um, I want to know about actually want to know about filmmaking. You it, know, and it, like, this it, is, I just so I wanted to really steer away from any preconceived ideas or any judgments or any kind of staging. Yeah, yeah. And like what you see in that film is just me going into, you know, that guy's church and interviewing him in his office where he's a pastor and he's. a super nice guy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. going into you know the guy who did the stone cutting like going into his home uh-huh. and we're doing this yeah, interview yeah. and he's got the TV flashing you see the TV flashing uh-huh. off his face and I and he kept and, looking over there yeah he, oh I don't remember what was on uh, <laughs> was, <laughs> must have been engrossing but that was, was the, the it guy was, it was good was like a retired guy that had, yeah Horace it, it cussed, yeah yeah cussed that guy is awesome he's interesting yeah, yeah yeah I mean he's their artist those stone cutters I'm kind of off track now but mm-hmm. from what you said but those stone cutters like Horace and Steve Mooney, or like those guys are artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dennis, the the the, the, one the, the main stone cutter, like it takes us through the process. Yeah, Dennis the, Ballou, yeah. and he's yeah, interviewed. Yeah, yeah, with the, yeah, has the bandana yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, that guy is an artist, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people would not view them as such, and that right. would, in my opinion, be a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I loved about your your movie. Like, and you, that scene always blows people away because they, you know, they they think something, they think they know what they're going to see, yeah, and then at the end, they're completely awed by what this guy just did in front of them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you don't know how it's done. You no. just assume, you know, it's a piece of grand Yeah, somebody. how hard is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and then yeah. this guy just shows you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I got into it. I was like, yeah. I want to do, maybe I want to do that, you know, but how did, you know. Paul, you you mentioned uh, in the film, you mentioned uh, granite uh, class or something you had in high school. Yes, you, you had, so you might you got your hands on a little granite. That, yes, you could actually take a class mm-hmm. that was a miniature granite shed. It, it was everything that they would have inside that they used, but on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So we started class with a big hunk of granite coming in, mm-hmm. and then we learned how to set it up on a saw, like the diamond saw blade. Mm-hmm. We learned to cut the pieces that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And then we went through all the other steps. We would polish the rock on a, on a little polishing mill. Uh-huh. And that was interesting because my dad earned his living as a polisher. He worked okay. a polishing mill. So that made me feel happy when I was doing that. Okay. okay. Um, and then you, you, from the polishing mill, you would put the rubber on the stone. Oh, for masking the... Yes, and you'd you yeah. put your design on there and cut it out, and then you'd put it in the sandblaster and blast it out. So you did everything. Do you remember what you made? I made a Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> a 
I made an Athens Tech yellow jacket, which I sold for ten bucks on oh. the school bus. Oh. The day I brought it home. Oh. He's your professional artist. Yeah. Yes. Already making selling his work. And I think I made a, a Elbert County Blue Devil. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I learned a lot, and I learned to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned to appreciate the work that goes into doing this because I'm just doing it for fun for a grade yeah yeah but these guys are doing like a thousand times every day nine to five or whatever yeah Yeah. and you know with skills that are I mean I got very rudimentary skills these dudes like Mike said are artists they develop yeah they're artists and they bust their butts every day and they yeah. they're not yeah. working with pillows I mean that right. stuff yeah, can, yeah. that can fuck you up yeah. it is you know, <laughs> granite you exactly. know like falls on you uh, yeah right. I got yeah. I picked up on yeah. <laughs> um, and also I watched the I watched it about a couple more times in preparation for the the interview here and I noticed and I didn't see the first time but one of those guys working there's like a uh, pretty heavily bandaged finger in, in one of the yes. scenes so they were like oh that probably happened at work. That was, you know. Well, let's not mention that too much because one of the, <laughs> the when I was filming in these granite sheds, you and you know the EGA it. doesn't even like you to call them sheds, so uh, granite facilities. Elberton okay. Granite Associates. Workshops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Work. Okay. The, facility. Yeah. They're finishing plants. Well, I just I thought it was just funny because everybody okay. around there calls them granite sheds. Right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and so the EGA Elberton Granite. Association, right? <laughs> but anyway, I would go into these, and their biggest concern was, you know, hey, this is cool. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're coming in. Like, was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. The access I got, by the way, to so the the companies that allowed me into their yeah. granite sheds, the, that you know, like again, more gratitude to them. But it was one of their concerns: is like well, we don't want anything to get on here that it's gonna get us in trouble. Gonna get us in trouble with <laughs> OSHA or anything oh. like that. It's like no worries to try to. And I didn't really see anything. Like I used to work industry when uh-huh. I was young, and I didn't see any no. anything that was concerning. Like everybody followed all the safety I'm precautions. Sure they, I'm sure stuff. they did. You know, but, it's it's just. I mean, the reason there is OSHA is because some environments are just dangerous. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. my grandfather worked in in the industry like back in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. And he, he was missing three or four fingers. Oh. Like, not all the way down, but, you know, there'd be a knuckle gone mm-hmm. or two knuckles gone. Mm-hmm. And it, he was a stone cutter. So, you know, one slip of that chisel, mm-hmm. take your finger off. Oh. So dangerous work. Wow. I didn't think about how that could happen with, with a chisel. You know, if you're banging on something. And oh, you mean like if, like if you if slip. You hit your hand or. Yeah, you could take off a piece of your finger. Is that sure. what happened to him? Yeah. Or if you a rock he, but, falls, but it, yeah. like you're setting everything up and the rock falls down, mm-hmm. it could just, I mean, it's just going to yeah. crush. Well, that's so true. Safety it's, precautions weren't yeah. the same in the 50s and 60s. No. There yeah. wasn't an OSHA then. Yeah. 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 It doesn't yeah. OSHA. And maybe this is just in some footage, but I think this is in the film. I think Horace Bradford, the main stone cutter mm-hmm. on the Guidestones, he says... You know, when he first started, he'd oh, yeah. chip, you know, kick off a little bit of skin. He said by the time he, he said, I had enough skin to make an apron. Make an apron. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, he said that was the um, uh, the proof that you had, you had met the proper uh, skill level or something like that. Yes. It, 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 if you, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the idea of knocking enough skin off your finger to fashion an apron. That's no. <laughs> I'll hang on to my fingers. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. 
So, and uh, is occultic a real word? I'm not sure. I looked it up and I didn't find it. There's so many quotable quotes from that movie. That's one of our favorites. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, occultic. I don't want to pick on that poor guy. The possum killers. Yeah, yeah. He is like, brown road, hooded road. Maybe it was, maybe it, maybe I didn't. <laughs> and and what I like about the way Mike treated the movie, he's sincere. Yeah, and yeah. he believes these things. Yeah. Now I think, you know, it's a lot of foolishness, yeah. but he's he is being genuine. He is being himself. Mm-hmm. You don't try to turn that into some ha ha, you know. Well, and you yeah. leave it up to the yeah. audience. And what I think is very interesting about that segment is when we screened it in Athens at Cine to a late night crowd, that segment got a lot of laughs because mm-hmm. people were just like incredulous. Like that yeah. that is the most preposterous thing. Yeah. This is obviously someone who knows nothing about, you know. Occultic. The, the occult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was one reaction, and so that was kind of a a, a, a moment of levity in mm-hmm. the in the movie for that audience. When we screened it in Elberton, mm-hmm. you could have heard a pin drop during that scene. Ah, because uh, they were like, they agree. Yeah. They were just like, damn straight. I guess. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's speaking up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the way you filmed it is, you could have either reaction. Yeah, you were allowed to have either reaction. Because these are real people telling real stories from yeah. their real perspective. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. So what, he was not filtering what the guy mm-hmm. was saying. He's just saying you you agree or disagree however you want to. Right, right. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think. Well, actually, anybody will embrace the movie the same as me. But I feel like. Especially after I watched it, watched it like recently, I'm like, oh my god, this are, these are characters like I grew up with, like my family in South Carolina, you know, my, you know, it's like I identify, you know, I kind of identify with these people, you know, these right. kind of people kind of raised me. They were at all yeah, the Christmas yeah. parties, that, you know, <laughs> totally that I went, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and now they're telling a story about Guidestones, which I would, you know, like many others, I wouldn't have placed. Something this interesting and you know, uh, all kind of an all-encompassing, you know, wisdom stone. I wouldn't have placed it in in Elver <laughs> right. or anywhere in Georgia, really. You, right. know, you know, so. But then there's all the people that were at the Christmas cocktail party. You know, basically <laughs> talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was, I was uh, I loved it. I loved. Oh, so how did they how did they receive it in Portland? When you when you screened it out there, it was, re- it was okay. Well, it was received well, and the, the people at the at the theater liked it, but mm-hmm. it didn't get a big crowd out, mm-hmm. out there like it would, you know, Charleston, Athens, Elberton, like mm-hmm. the southeast. It was a good draw. It's like it, it went well. Yeah, yeah, it went really well in the south. Um, but the people there really enjoyed it. It was it was good. There were some technical difficulties. There was a yellow. It, it wasn't the. It wasn't like, um, it was a, I mean, it was good indie theater, but there was this yellow spot. Um, on the screen? On the screen, and it wasn't on my DVD or Blu-ray mm-hmm. or whatever I was. And then, I don't know, maybe three-quarters way through the movie, it kind of like stalled out. and had some, So mm-hmm. there were some technical difficulties I didn't really experience anywhere else. But, you know, the Q&A there was good, just like it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the people who were there, 
I think they enjoyed it. Um, there was a review. There was the review. The regular uh, movie reviewer didn't review the movie. It was the food critic was pinch hitting and reviewed. Which <laughs> yeah. is not. So, so I don't remember which organ. So that might be kind of a diss by the regular movie reviewer. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, this is extremely <laughs> low-budget DIY. This mm-hmm. isn't like, in, you know, in this, it was the Clinton Street Theater and in Portland, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not, I mean, it's great theater, it yeah. really is, but it's not, I, prestigious, I, yeah, I, well, it's, I don't, I don't, so yeah, so the, the regular movie critic, I don't even remember the newspaper in, in Portland that did this, that was, that was my, I guess, my first experience of, like, something negative, so anyway, this food critic that did review the film just, like, tore it up. Really? But was yeah. Fixed, oh. But the Wait. didn't they fixate on really technical details, yes. like sound quality? Yeah, it was like I was. I don't know. It's like, dude, it's a cheap. I'm not her. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm Herzog or yeah. fucking Coen Brothers. Like you? Yes. Jeez. I called him out on technical details. You know, and it's just like this is a low budget, do it yourself, and then also about like. The people like ramble on. They should cut out a lot mm. of stuff. I'm like, mm. this is southern storytelling, right? So maybe you don't oh, understand yeah. that. They're supposed to be rambling in, on. I got that's in what, hipster Portland. <laughs> 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 no, I like actually. Yeah, I mean, I like hipsters, <laughs> uh, and but like going to Portland mm-hmm. and doing that, I was like, whoa, so. Like, when you're in the South mm-hmm. and people talk about hipsters, I'm like, I don't know. I think hipsters are all right. I don't yeah. see them. And then you go to a place like Portland, and you're like, yeah, these are insufferable. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know. The term hipster uh, kind of escapes me because I thought I didn't put negative connotations on it. I, I never did either I thought, until I went to Portland. Okay. See, I thought maybe I was a, movie. a hipster. Yes. <laughs> so what, a little sidebar then, what, what is a hipster? Since they're, so what what's, what does that mean? I'm not sure. I don't know. Someone once called me a hipster trapped in a redneck body. <laughs> <laughs> so free. I didn't mean to get off on that. It was head. just no, no, no. But no, and no, overall, that overall, with me too. but that's something that's been in my head. It's like once, overall, the screening in Portland went well. Yeah. But that was the if there was any negative mm-hmm. I ever received from it, it was mm-hmm. from. A critic in Portland, but I'm. But it's it the really, food critic. I know, food but critic. it bothered me. It bothered me at the time. Food critics watch movies. They have opinions. <laughs> well, that's oh, true. That's true. <laughs> it bothered me at the time, and now I kind of look back <laughs> at it as like one review compared to many glowing reviews. Yeah, yeah and I look back and now it's like, well, you know, that's part of it, and that's part, yeah. Not everyone's going to like it. Well, you yeah. did put. I mean, you did. Well, that's what. That's actually. You can look at it both ways because that's what's so impressive to me is that you did it for like. I don't know. At best, I know it cost more than $2,060, you know. And if you had paid your people, it would have been a million dollars. You know. Y'all still waiting on the check. <laughs> yeah. You had paid them in other than Doritos and, you know, Soda Pop. And they would <laughs> but, uh, but it's, you, you know, let's just assume you did it for 2060 bucks. You don't just, you don't just make a movie like that for that little of money, you mm-hmm. know. So, you, so you know, 
for what you did with what with what with the resources you had is, is impressive. You know, I wish that's what they had understood because they did review it as if like I was like a legit indie filmmaker. Yeah, and, like, like you was putting flew shit in from in, New York and you're like in uh, like Sundance yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it's just yeah, yeah, like that's not who I am at all. Yeah, yeah, was, not yet. I was a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh-huh. yeah. we sh- we we. We filmed that first opening sequence of the car uh-huh. by having Christy stand in the back of Mike's truck. No, she I was, was driving, driving the truck. Oh, you were driving. She was Mike driving was my truck. Mike was, was on the back of the truck. I was like laying oh. in the back of the truck with the tailgate down <laughs> to get that you shot. Following me, and I was hoping I didn't go over any bumps. <laughs> She's driving. Was, yeah, I'm laying on the tailgate, filming Paul driving that opening scene yeah. you were talking about. That's yeah. how that went down, and you can exactly. see very low closely, budget filmmaking. Yeah. It totally. We had we these scenes actually got cut, and I stole this from um, Ross McElwee, Actually, I totally uh-huh. give credit in his documentary about the tobacco farming in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we actually didn't use any of these. They didn't make the film. But some of these pictures exist on our Facebook page. So for like a, a glide cam or steady cam or whatever it's called, we had a wheelchair. Yeah. And I took uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. tomato plant steaks and duct taped them. Wait a minute. Now I'm confused. Tomato plants. So just those pieces of wood that hold up a tomato okay. plant okay. in the okay. summer. Okay. And we duct taped them. To the the arms of the wheelchair. Okay. It was so pathetic looking. It, was, it looked broke, it broke ass as hell. And I'm in the wheelchair holding the camera yeah. because I can get. And Paul is oh. pushing the wheelchair backwards. So because so, you can't have you know I couldn't see him if he was pushing it like he would normally mm-hmm. push a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So he's pushing on the tomato plant stakes. Okay. So and so, what it is it was an idea that like you could get this really so they cool were used shot. as extensions to the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And and were you narrating at the same yeah, time? So yeah. So he was talking. He's talking, talking, and, talking, and it was cool. Mike. Like it was cool. Like, we did, we very did economical. We, yeah. Like so, we did this in downtown Elberton, uh-huh. and you could see buildings, and it was cool. We did this around some little granite shed, uh-huh. uh, and you could see like stuff, and like it. It worked really well. It really did work well. So it's extremely, but that's what we're dealing with mm. here. Like we were taping, piece, we were play, we were taping sticks to broken wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very impressive. And, and then that, and then they're like, oh well, you yeah, know, yeah. this film is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the see, they the ramble. They ramble. <laughs> Have you been to the south? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you ramble and push a wheelchair with a guy. <laughs> yeah. Try that. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> that takes talent. That reminds me of another story. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, so what popped in my head as you were talking is, did you ever consider doing a uh, making of... The making of the guys don't movie. It would be little, interesting. Maybe a little fifteen. It'd be R rated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was there bad language? There was so much bad language. <laughs> a lot of a lot of flub lines. A yeah. lot of uh, yeah. A lot of hundred degree days. Oh man, it's so hot it out hot. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah. wanting to wrap it up. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and then flubbing an entire sequence. Oh, there was one in. day, like, these, they were great to put up with me. There was, I feel like maybe most days I was maybe okay. There was one day, again, low-budget filmmaking. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't have a clue about what I was doing. And most of it, the reason, 
the audio is sometimes not that great. We were just using a shotgun mic through the whole thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you're not really supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, like... But you know, do what you got to do. And there was one day. But it, well, that works though. It's a directional thing, hey, so it gets the person that's talking. Gets the person that's talking, you know. and every other little <laughs> oh, oh freaking little stuff. thing okay. that comes through. <laughs> but uh, there was one day. It was really windy, mm-hmm. and I didn't have one of those that looks like a squirrel's tail. You know, oh, the, the uh, big thing fluffy thing. thing. I have one now. Oh, I remember the wind. Yeah, uh, I heard that. And was, I had a scarf that day. You, uh, we tried scarf. putting scarfs on it, and I was so. Just angry at the end of the day because it was like, hey, this was a Saturday. I drove from Charleston. We were going to get all this filming done. And there was just so much that we did that day I couldn't use because it was uh, in every shot. And like, you, really, know, you, you like, didn't even use it, right? It was like Christy says, like, well, you learned a lot doing it. So what did I do? Like, I was on B&H website. <laughs> get a squirrel tail. Uh, ordering one of those big fluffy things. <laughs> and it made a big difference from yeah. then on out. I always I, had a big fluffy thing. And then people look at you like, oh, this guy maybe knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember that it was a very quiet drive back to Athens. <laughs> <laughs> Very quiet. Very quiet, probably, until we got to Terrapin or the Grit. Or something like that. There may have been heads against windows. Uh, yeah. Indejection. No. Yeah. No, that was the hardest day. Mm. Yeah. I can identify with that. That's... But not... See, I, I say I can identify, but really, I never worked on a project that was this long. And, uh, like, I've made, like, my own little short films, and I'd love to make a longer a feature or something, you know, someday. But I, um, when I imagine myself uh, keeping it organized and staying focused for a film that lasts over an hour, I just, I think there's a, I think there's a little thing in my head that's like, Larry, you're not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, don't, don't I couldn't attempt do it. it, you know, yeah. Cause that's so. So, how much time in the editing uh, room did you spend? Now that I'm on that subject, mm, yeah, a lot. Let's see. Because you know what, I had um, a roughly somewhere between fifty and sixty minutes cut of this movie, mm-hmm. and I completely scrapped it because I hated it. Uh, I had an hour long film, uh-huh. and there, I mean, there might be you know two or three minute segments here or there out of that that ended up in the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't recall how long it was a really long time, and I was really struggling with that because you start out with a quasi storyboard kind of thing like yeah. oh this is where I'm going to go mm-hmm. um, and man it didn't take long for that was all throughout the window. <laughs> well, we kept learning more about the guides. <laughs> yeah, we kind of changed oh, the trajectory yeah, like, of the totally, story. Totally yeah, learned like I never intended to put like the monument making process. And there's a reason it uh-huh. goes back and like the movie goes back and forth toward like the more guidestone story and the and the cool stuff like the Rosicrucians and all that. Yeah. And then it goes back to the monument making process, yeah. which I think is really cool. Not right, to say right, it's not right. cool, but a lot of people aren't as into that. There's a very you know, it probably only exists like in my mind or whatever, but there's a reason I did it like that. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the story that I found. And the reason that monument is there, like uh, has to has to do with the way I cut. Like I cut it like that because there's information that I wanted to try to get out that I'm really just could. I wasn't. I told people I you know I was told some things and I told them I will absolutely because they asked me. They said you cannot like explicitly say this 
in the movie. Uh-huh. You know, I got some very cool information about like what really happened, and that's they off the record. That's totally off the record. Oh. So I, but a lot of that. Is oh, but you there. can say it here. No, not no. <laughs> no. Would you but, like some more beer? <laughs> but that is why, like, and again, it's probably something that only kind of exists in my mind, but it's the reason I cut it like I did was to mm-hmm. still try to point toward... The things you knew. The what I knew, you know? I see. I see. Um, and again, I think it's lost on yeah. most, maybe 8 out of 10 or whatever. Yeah, probably. But I spent a ton of time editing it, and I'm trying to remember like what the breakthrough was. I, I really don't recall. It's been a while. I, I like I said, I scrapped like a 60 minute film and started mm-hmm. over from like zero zero right. on the timeline on the in the, in the editor, you know, mm-hmm. and just started rebuilding it. And actually, I was actually I kind of do remember the breakthrough. This is a whatever. It's kind of rambling. Mm-hmm. Cut this out of the podcast. Oh. Or whatever, maybe. But I was house sitting for someone in Charleston, mm-hmm. and I was. I was just kind of like, oh, man. Like, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to pull this off. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. this little DIY project now taking up all Paul and Chrissy's time. Kyle's involved at this point, <laughs> you know, like. And I was worried I wasn't going to pull this off. And I was just laying in bed at this place I was house-sitting. And I just, I had this idea. Uh, and I went and I just started writing a ton of notes. Mm-hmm. And actually, the final cut looks a lot different than those notes, but that's what kicked me off in a certain direction, mm-hmm. and then things just kind of fell into place. And then I also started thinking about, like, how can I try to, like, how can I try to present, you know, kind of off-the-record stuff without explicitly saying, because I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do that, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I respect, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, like, try to... How close can you get while still being off the record? Well, yeah, yeah. but but just to try to do, and again, I, I probably, I'm sure, like, like, real filmmakers or film critics or whatever would totally, like, scrunch their forehead or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but, like, so I was trying to say, like, how can I tell a story beyond just the interviews yeah. and yeah. stuff? Like, how can I cut this thing mm-hmm. to... Mm-hmm. To try to get at something else, mm-hmm. and like I said, I think that probably only exists in my brain. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that's sure. Probably, no, I know what you mean. There, as, as yeah, a, I, I try. Artist, there's a, even with words. There's an abstract uh, approach to things that can't always been be uh, uh, explained analytically. <clears throat> you know, so you. But you had the. You were working from some secret information, apparently. That you're not going to share here on my podcast. <laughs> I know. But, uh, but it, you know, I mean, I know, they don't a, even know. They don't, so, yeah, yeah, I hear no you. yeah we, but I know as a painter, I'm like, oh, this is uh, special because, you know, what I'm doing with this stroke or whatever is special because of whatever. You know, whatever my understanding of art history and what other artists have done before, that's why my little arrangement of brush strokes are, matter. You know, and why they're significant. So, but I can't, I, there's no, turns out if I tried to put it in a paragraph, you know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be anything. You know, yeah, it's just, so, but, but it is, I know, I think I know what you're trying to describe. Is yeah. 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 So, um, well, I like that. And I, I like uh, what I was going to say before uh, is that you, you, and this is some more of a superficial uh, observation that I, that I said before. It's like, but you, you, did interview the real people with real stories, and the, you know, and then you showed a real process of what they really did to really make it, you know, 
you know, every time I see that crane pulling that granite up out of the quarry, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And he's talking about, you know, the guy, the guy who is adorable. They think, yeah, you want to be there with the camera? Click, click. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but would the guy operating the crane, would he be able to get off before it falls into the freaking hole? You know, and I was like, he probably would, right? <laughs> what he says, like, he was, I can't remember exactly. He was like, you know how it is. It's like when you go to a car race. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see a wreck, but, you know, we didn't want those cranes to go down in the hole, but if it happened, we wanted to be there, you know, click, click, click. <laughs> no, he was, yeah, he was uh, funny. And also he was, I like, I like when he said, uh, so, wait, Help a Granite Association? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? He's, he was saying that it wasn't a publicity stunt. I mean, we could have thought of better ways to promote the granted industry and everything without, you know, this, you know, we, you know, and it's, so I, that was very honest, you know, we could spend that money differently if if I was in charge, you know, and I'll also, Paul, I have to say one of the, I don't know if the average viewer will watch, but, you know, that one of the uh, high points for me is when you, you say something about, that's the best the devil can do to, you know, enslave mankind <clears throat> and then the resecutions and, and, the, and you, you're like, it's a, it's a stone with words on it and a former cow, cow pasture. And then you do this little, <laughs> little, little shrug, like, hmm? <laughs> and like, oh, God, that's like, he's like, come on. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's very, it's, it's, uh, and it's not just, it's not only smart ass, it's, it's, <laughs> it's lovable. You yes. know, it's like, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's, it, it works. It works. And I think it's, it's one of the, the subtleties, you know, that, that, that charm, it will charm your public. Yeah. And I was just trying to be honest and. I mean that just yeah. happened. I, I didn't plan any of that. Well, that's good because it's because um, it's like it's I don't know. I get excited, but you know, think about it. You know, right. it doesn't mean you're not a freaking Presbyterian, right? If you go look at the guidestones, right. get something from it, you know, or whatever, you know. It's, it's yeah, just, hey. we we walked around with Mike on one of the first days of filming, and he was trying to interview people on the street, and there were like little old ladies that would not. Speak to him. Oh. He would ask them about the guidestones, and they would they would say something about you need to read your Bible. Oh. Like it was crazy. They oh. did not want to even give oh an opinion. Mm-hmm. Is it? See, that is. I don't know. You know, you can read the Bible and enjoy the guidestones. Right. You can do both. The same. Bring your Bible to the freaking guidestones. Yeah. Yeah. Read your Bible at the guidestones. Guide you know, it's quiet. <laughs> You exactly. can burn your Bible. Burn your Bible. Burn your Bible with the guidestones. Oh my god! That guy's like, see, cultic. <laughs> so cultic. That's exactly what they sound like over there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Uh, one of my thoughts, I guess, when I was making notes, is if it was only tourism, I think it was a pretty noble uh, function, a noble uh, dual function, you know, tourism and, you know, a little bit of wisdom. It gets you, it teaches and it, you know, it makes you think, you know, why not incorporate that into your tourism? You know, you know, so why not, you know? And the Lion and the Lamb Ministries, that that was interesting to me, the little conflict between R.C. Christian and this uh, uh, Dr. 
Dr. Lion and Lamb, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's like, why? Because I don't, I have a Facebook friend that's very, like, anti-all religion, you know, and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, I think, I think certain religious people shouldn't behave as uh, hypocrites. Right. You know, but not, but, but that's just a few loudmouths that I think are, are off base. Right. You know, but, but, um, I get, oh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh yeah, the lion and lamb guy. It's like, why, why would he not engage in a real conversation when R.C. Christian writes him back and says, you're, you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. He didn't say you're an asshole. Right. You know, which maybe I would have <laughs> You know, he just said, you're completely mistaken. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it's for the greater good. Good people are good with all religions. So, you know, what do you say? And he's like, no, you know what? You should probably get somebody to blow it up. Right. You know, it's like, what? Is that the response? You know, if you read your Bible, you would want to get some, you would want to pay someone to, to blow, blow up the dynamite. Up. You know, yeah. that's not what the Bible told me about, you know, the Bible doesn't say, Larry, go blow things up with dynamite. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I might come up with that on my own, but the Bible. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So what, what was that? You, how did that, how did, you're researching, because you got articles and you got those letters. How did you do that? And how did, what was the process of getting mm. all this and, oh, um, man, you know, the article, oh, um, okay. I was, you know, I was sitting here trying to think about how I found the correspondence between R.C. Christian and the guy, and I forget his name, Reagan, I believe. Yes. Uh, with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Actually, and I'm going to say something real quick before I finish this. Okay. And, you know, whatever needs to happen or whatever. So, I, because in the interest of kind of how I did the movie, like yeah. being very yeah. genuine and stuff, like I'm not... When we were talking about, like, some stuff off the record, yeah. I don't want to be, like, uh, I don't want to exaggerate or be disingenuous or whatever. Like, I don't know exactly what happened, so I don't, right, right, sure, like, sure. no messages about, and I'm not saying I know who R.C. Christian is or anything right. like that. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I want to be very clear that, yeah, there was some cool stuff I learned off the record, yeah. but it's not like I have the whole story wrapped up. So yeah, I, yeah. I just want to be very clear oh, and cool. very and very forward and honest about that. But anyway, get back to your question. So that was because I was sitting here thinking, how did I get those letters? Mm-hmm. And I got those letters actually, uh, shout out to the Elberton Granite Association. Mm-hmm. They gave me access to just a ton, like they have, <laughs> they, have a, they have multiple, maybe multiple, or maybe it's just one really stuffed, I can't remember, folder uh-huh. of Guidestone stuff. That's like, crazy. All mm-hmm. kinds of stuff <laughs> that they've received over the years. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and you know, I, it was, um, oh, who was the executive vice president of the EGA when I did that? Doy, Doy Johnson. And then Hudson Cohn, well, he's in the film a lot. Mm-hmm. Hudson is, he's great. So, yeah, they were just like, here's a lot of information, like, photocopy what you need or whatever. And so I found those letters ah. with Lamb and Lion Ministries, and then I reached out once I found, like, they had, like, the initial one. And then I reached out to Lamb and Lion Ministries and Mr. Reagan, Dr. Reagan, whatever, uh-huh. and then he sent me more stuff. Really? Yeah, he sent me—I I, 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 honestly, sitting here, like, I, I don't recall that there's two letters involved or three— mm-hmm. But he sent me more information. I got, like, his permission, like, all the release forms and all everything, you know, to put all that in the film. Uh-huh. So we have that set of letters between R.C. Christian and uh, the Lamb and Lines uh-huh. Ministries or whatever. And then we have that other letter 
from R.C. Christian to Dr. Francis Crick yeah. that shows up later in the film, and that was a cool story. So I was, I don't know, maybe a quarter, halfway into this film and decided, hey, <laughs> might be a good idea if I have a copy of Common Sense Renewed, yeah. which is the book that R.C. Christian wrote. I tried wrote. to order it on Amazon today. It's not available. <laughs> oh. So I was like... It's impossible to find yeah. for a reasonable price. Yeah, so they used to sell them. They used mm-hmm. to sell them at the Elbert, uh, the Granite Museum in Elberton, at, for the EGA uh-huh. Granite oh, Museum, okay. and they were sold out. So, you know, it was kind of... It's one of those things where you don't know what you're doing. You are know, making this movie, and I'm like, oh, it might be a good idea if I have the book. Yeah. Uh, so I go to try to find the book. EGA, the Granite Museum, sold out. So I go on Amazon, and back then, they were like, there were not very many copies, and they were like $200, $250. Oh. I was like, oh, you know, here again, low-budget really? filmmaking, right? Even I'm like, that, oh, man. I don't have $200 to drop on this little book. It's not even a yeah, thick yeah. book. It's like that, you know? So... This was, like, there were so many moments like this, making the film. So I happened to go on eBay, and literally, like, within just a few hours, you know how they, like, they list when the posting was, like, put out? There was a copy of Common Sense Renewed that had just been put up on eBay from this guy in California, and I believe he worked, he was a professor at one of the UC campuses, Mm -hmm. and he had... Common Sense Renewed with, like, some materials that he had found in the book up on eBay, 60, it was, I don't know, $65, $75. Amazing. Like, Poof. I'm going to get this. So I get the, I get the book. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I got Common Sense Renewed. And I start looking through it, and there's stuff in it. And one of them is this letter to Francis Crick. That's how you got that letter. That's how like I got you didn't the letter. No, really, know it existed. Right? right. And he had just passed away a little while before he found that on eBay, and so they were actually divesting his estate at that point. That and might have been Francis Crick's copy of the book. It was totally yes. his. So the that was the enclosed the, book that yeah, Christian was sent Francis Crick. So this oh professor, this professor who I bought this off of mm-hmm. at UC. My understanding, and this has been a while, so I might have a few of the details off, but my understanding is they were selling off Francis Crick's library and to get, like, I don't know, the best books? That sounds like something's some someone might say that. Oh, anyway. Uh, so to get the books that everyone wanted was kind of pricey. Mm-hmm. So they had this other option where you just, like, um, you give money and then you just get, like, a random stack of books. And so apparently this guy got a random stack of books, and included in that uh, was this Common Sense Renewed. Uh, and the guy was like, he was like, oh, crap. He's like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, like, oh man. That roll of the dice did yeah. not pay off. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, I'm going to get some of Francis Crick Library, and I just got this book about some monument in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Along with stuff uh, about population control. Yeah, yeah population control. <laughs> so he put it on eBay mm-hmm. to get some of his money back, mm-hmm. and like I said, like I saw it within just a few hours when he posted mm-hmm. it. Snatched that up, mm-hmm. um, and then had like. I can't believe when a letter probably, from R.C. Christian so, tumbles yeah. out of it and that is lab. amazing. Yeah, so they got amazing. a letter from R.C. Christian, <laughs> yeah, to Francis Crick, and I'm like, now we have the ending of the film or yes, whatever. You know, that is amazing. That yeah. is, I'm like, I about fell over when like you that. told me that. <laughs> yeah, see, now I can be religious. 
know? Yeah. Think about it. You know, it was God. There yeah, is a yeah. God. That was, you know, come on. That's definitely it's crazy. So come on, that is. I love that story. I want to actually want to know more about Francis. I want to know what other. If they had any back and forth, if uh, Francis Drake ever made it to the guy. My theory is he just had kind of a crazy person file, like <laughs> crazy yeah. fan mail, and it just went into some... Oh, uh, interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. His secretary just put it all in a filing mm-hmm. cabinet somewhere, and they said, oh, we need to get rid of this. Yeah. But he might have said, I might do that one day. Let's, you know, just put it here. <laughs> yeah. You know? You don't know. And then, you know, people got their, they got their lives. Here. That's right. Oh, and I love the, 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 the uh, psychic. Oh, yeah. The Yes. And it sounded like she got her invite to the unveiling from R.C. Christian, right? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds like that. Sounds like it. She's like prominent psychic, you know. Sounds like she might have been pals with R.C. Or, I don't know. But she, I, I, for some reason, I liked her. I liked her accent. She sounded like ladies, some of my aunts and... A little frog behind her on the yes. porch, you know. <laughs> yeah. like I had the same feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what was it like interviewing her, Mike? What's what's? It was cool. Yeah. Um, she, she told you a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah she's right. psychic you on need you. To share yeah. That. <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, this is a, so. If if I tell the story on this podcast, mm-hmm. it's a story I've pretty much only ever told Paul and Christy and mm-hmm. a few close friends of mine. Uh, you know, so okay, so. Um, I come from a pretty religious, strict religious mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. Um, and not that way now. Wasn't so much that way when I was making the film. But you know, you grow up a certain way, and you get preconceived ideas, mm-hmm. and things kind of always kind of stick in your head. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. so honestly, at that point, going to interview someone who, you know, psychic maybe not that big a deal, but you know, at back at one point, she considered herself a witch. Like the, mm-hmm. and I wanted to put this headline in the movies. I found it. it yeah, when I went another a little side here, another place in Elberton that gave me amazing access to documents was the um, the newspaper there was Elberton Star. Elberton Star, uh, and actually this one I found, and then something happened and I lost it. But it was was really cool headline, like I said. White witch married under guidestone. It said that. Yes. Oh, wow. I know, and I hate that I lost whatever I. I can't remember how I was, um, like taking those clips and putting them in the film. Now I, a lot of them, I actually just like filmed the newspaper. Like not mm-hmm. supposed to do that either. Yeah. I don't think. But anyway, that one escaped me and never made it in the film. But it was really cool. Like white witch married under guidestones. But anyway, so I'm interviewing her, and with some of my. Uh, religious background. Honestly, I'm a little, a little nervous, and it was a uh, interesting yeah. vibe there. I'm a little bit nervous. She's great, great, great interview. Uh, so I'm getting up to leave, putting my camera back away. You know how it is. You're mm-hmm. sitting out there on her back porch. You can yeah, kind of tell yeah. from the right from the from the movie. And you know how it is. Like, okay, well, we're done. And you know, you usually two people stand up and walk to the door. Oh, thanks, bye. Mm-hmm. And she she wouldn't stand up. I'm like I'm standing up and putting shoulder my camera back over my shoulder. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And she just like. And she said something like, um, I want you to feel that, like this energy, you know? And I was just like, and honestly, like now, nowadays, you know, I live near Asheville now, mm. so hey. <laughs> you feel a lot but, of energy. I feel a lot of energy. <laughs> but, but back then, you know, I was like, uh, so. so Don't do the energy on me. So she's like, <laughs> she's like, put, put your hand out like this. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put my hand out and she and she 
she takes her hand and she goes like this. She mm-hmm. like so my hand. If in case people can't see this, uh, when I say like this, so like my hand is palm up on the bottom and her hand is palm down, like facing my palm going mm-hmm. down. And once she she got I don't know four, five, six inches from my hand, I could feel this crazy energy coming out of her hand onto mine. And the best way I could describe it would be like if you take like the north pole of a magnet and the north pole of a magnet uh-huh. and put them together and you can feel a resistance. Oh, yeah. You can you could feel something and ah. like again, like now that really wouldn't phase me, but mm-hmm. back then I was like, Woo, this is something I've never experienced ah. before. Ah. So I'm like, well that's cool. Yeah, thanks for uh thanks for that. Uh, I'm still gonna go. Yeah. The, like in question in case the, you question the psychic part. Yeah. The, inter- the, the interview the interview's over. Uh, but she sat there and she kind of you know, pointed her finger at me and she says, your right lung is not well. Oh. So what she wouldn't, there's absolutely no way I, she could have known. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of stuff. Like so I've been a teacher, or a tour guide, and done a lot of stuff. just one of those people in life. So like one of my first ever careers mm-hmm. was I was an electronic instrumentation technician at like power plants and chemical plants. And I worked at an ammonia plant in Augusta, Georgia for a while. That doesn't sound good. And it messed up I, my right lung. Like when I mm. went, it wasn't like something super, super bad. Is this something you knew before she told you? Oh, I knew about it yeah. because uh, I had been dealing with I mean, I hadn't worked at that plant in I mean, we, I did this interview with her I think it was September 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I hadn't worked at that plant since 2006. Okay. Uh, and when I say bad, like it wasn't super bad. It was mm. just like an annoyance, a little cough. I would usually get pneumonia mm-hmm. every winter, you know, uh-huh. January, February. Just kind of something you kind of live with. And mm. it was getting, it was getting better. Like year after right, year, right, it was right. just kind of getting better and better. Uh, but she somehow kind of knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she and she didn't, you know, have some kind of like whatever. Yeah, it was just yeah. she was just kinda like, hey, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. and this is one of those things where, you know, like, you know, talking to somebody you can kinda get an idea because I'm like, hey yeah, I work in adult education and I'm making this movie and oh and I think she kinda got the idea like, well maybe you're wearing yourself too thin, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, take care of yourself, slow down, don't do too much. She was very, you know, very mm-hmm. nice, very concerned. Uh, and that's just, you know, anybody could have come up with that. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing of like your right lung yeah. You know, I was like, that is, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's amazing. That's, you know. And that's a story I can't really believe I just told for everybody to know, but. No, you know, it's hey, true. But it's true. It's true. It happens. It's true. And she said that. You had a, And it was just another kind of thing you put in the file making this mm, movie, man. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like all these things I would run back to, because actually that day I was, ended up, I think, like spent the night at Paul Christie's house. <laughs> So she lives over, like, near Atlanta now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, she doesn't live in Elberton or Athens or whatever. So I'm driving, I drive back to Athens. It was just one of those moments, like... I remember I, that night. Yeah. yeah, I bust into their house in the evening after a day interviewing her or a day with the, when I was in the Granite Quarry, you mm-hmm. know, Quarry. Uh, you, you, I go back to Paul and Christie's, and I'm like, hey, guess what happened today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all this cool stuff, like... Which is very exciting. <laughs> like, when we were in the granite quarry, you know, it was like, hey, I saw them blow up a piece of granite. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so did you go down in the quarry and mm-hmm. film? Yeah. Yeah, so all that footage was so, in a quarry. Well, did, um, did you get some... Because I remember there were two ways to cut, and it still blows my mind that they... Uh, 
use a a, 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 a a torch like a jet. Yeah. It's like what? It must. It's, it's obviously something beyond my comprehension because it's not just fire that burns through granite. It's like, how does that freaking? How does that work? The, how does that work? I don't know how that works. Man. That's been a while. It's just like so they have a jet thing, jet but it's it, just like a yeah, jet flame. Piercing. So there's there's two ways. One is with an actual still. I think they use like a wire saw. Wire saw. And then the other is the jet piercing. Yeah. I think it's just super super hot. Hot enough to cut through rock. Shit. Yeah. That's I don't. I, we never learned about that though. Yeah. It may be like it wasn't that in And it may be a newer technology. Uh-huh. We just yeah. knew about wire saws. Well, that's what. And then that's my next question: Is did you get film of the wire saw in process, and or did you? I mean, because in the in the in the movie, I don't I don't see it working. I see the like. Did, did I line I, it made? I'll be honest with you. Right now, I don't I don't remember uh-huh. that part of the movie. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. <laughs> well, there was the jet. <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember, remember seeing that because yeah. I remember like panning out and like the show the little box, yeah, the little yeah. sound box the guy can get in. Like I remember yeah. that. I think you, you. I don't know that I showed a wire saw. No, it was narrated that the wire saw was the other option, and then there was a film of a thinner, a thinner line. line. So it's probably just showing the line, like the wire saw is going to make a thinner line than the yeah. jet piercing. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's, that's probably. Right. And I may have footage of the actual wire saw, and just for whatever reason, I might have been shaking the camera. Right. <laughs> I was like, like it was too dusty, is. and you didn't see anything. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was imagining. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad footage. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to also wanted to uh, comment uh, as I was researching uh, today. So there's a lot of people that uh, have these. They they do a little bit about the guidestones, and a lot of it is like they too heavy on the conspiracy idea yes. and less on the hands-on people who did it. What's what history of it? Like the you know the real life part of it. You know that was what I loved about Mike's movie. Yeah. Because none of those conspiracy guys talk about who made them. Mm-mm. But living in Elbert County, most of the people I knew worked in the industry. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. me, when they're talking about all the conspiracy stuff, I'm like, man, you're spitting in the face of these dudes. That, yeah, yeah. You know, got up at four in the morning, went to work, did all this stuff, maybe lost some fingers or mm-hmm. got killed in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I went I went to school with kids whose who, oh. like, dad was killed. Oh. Like, several of them. Very dangerous. Yikes. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, it is true. But th- yeah, it's like there's a there's a bigger story than just like they get too excited about the conspiracy part of it. You know, it is mm-hmm. like sure there could be kind of a cons- there's obviously an agenda. It's all written out on the freaking thing. Yeah. Right. You know, it's and the guy's not- chose to remain anonymous. Yeah. Why? So yeah, yeah. He's, he's anonymous, and this is. Clearly, must be what he believes, you know. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> maybe he has some friends, you know. Maybe he has a, a club, or whatever, you know. <laughs> but um, so they they go off on it and go different places with it, which maybe they're going somewhere interesting or not. Um, uh, maybe I shouldn't be drinking because I, I <laughs> forgot what I was. You're in good company. Hitting yeah. on, yes. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do this without. Or maybe I should have more. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the um. I guess it, it seems like they'd rather make it more sensational than it really is, you know, or not. Oh, oh do you guys know about, I saw a video today, because more people keep talking about it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, you know, I don't know if you keep up, but I just looked back into it. 
have they ta- have they taken a bit out and put in a new cube in? Yes. And and what the hell is that about? Okay, so that cube, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot's happened since then that I honestly haven't kept up with. Mm-hmm. So, so Horace Bradford, the stone cutter, who cut the guide stones. I, in, so the in super the movie, old guy that was already retired. When yes. You, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the movie, he's the. Um, older gentleman I'm interviewing like in his house he's sitting in the couch yeah. and he's talking about yeah I just pitched it in my mind yeah this amazing yeah. guy alright mm-hmm. so what didn't make it into the film is uh, we did a whole interview with him at the Guidestones Paul uh, and Horace mm-hmm. like none of that made it into the final cut it was just mm-hmm. you know unfortunately the stuff I had to cut out so during that interview or I asked him anyway. I don't remember. I asked him about that then, or anyway, I showed him because back then you could see, like the you know when when you look at that piece of the stone, you could see like a, a right angle. Like you could see those lines of that cube. Uh-huh. And I asked him about that uh-huh. because there was a lot of stuff like oh, because it was key. it was. Drawn out where yeah, so yeah, and I, it's I like know a little missing piece. I, yeah, like I know since then, I guess somebody like was able to take it out or they did these things. But mm-hmm. back then, it was just you could see the line and it was kind of like, well, what is that? And he was like, oh, let me tell you what that is. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, when they were pulling that stone out of the out of the uh, quarry, I keep saying when I say query because I'm always doing queries and stuff now. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's been a long day. So when they were pulling this stone out of the quarry, it hit against the, the side and knocked some rock out. And he actually cut a nice, perfect little corner uh-huh. and then put another piece in. Oh. So to patch it? To, yeah, basically to patch it up. Oh. Um, so when he, he told me it would be in there, it was like, it was in there. Mm-hmm. Like, no one should be able to chisel that out. Yeah. Obviously, apparently somebody did. Yeah. But, you know, I just kind of, I think it was after the, the movie was over when I saw on YouTube, like, this big thing about, oh, the cube mm-hmm. that was popped out of the Guidestones, and somebody put one up there with something the on it or whatever. Or I don't remember. Yeah. That was, and everybody's like, oh, this means, and this, and, you know, people would get online, and and say, oh, this cube on the stone, this means this. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> it's just a patch. Like it hit the side of the granite quarry, mm-hmm. like and like it's rock against rock. It like messed it up and mm-hmm. Portis just fixed it. Mm-hmm. And I guess over time, yeah, mm-hmm. somebody was able to get up there and probably had a chisel. Well, maybe and, he lied to you in order to keep uh, the secret uh, of what the <laughs> damn Larry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been had. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of it was just cool, like to make that movie and learn yeah. so much about that mm-hmm. monument. Um, and then you go, you, and it's like you were saying, like, and, and I hoped, I, I wanted to try to touch on the sensational a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I talked to, you know, I addressed the, the issue of it being a Rosicrucian monument. Mm-hmm. And all this kind of stuff. I had an expert on Western esotericism at the College of Charleston talk about it. So I definitely addressed that. But yeah, you just and that's just you know whatever. It's 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 you know it's where we live. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you go online and there's just so much crap that has no basis in reality. Yeah, that they say about this. But if you just spend a little bit of time around Elberton, mm-hmm. you talk to just a few people, mm-hmm. you realize, oh yeah, that's not nearly 
it's not it's that's just a lie it's not mm. right and yeah. it's not nearly as crazy and so sensational but everybody likes the crazy stuff yes yeah. they love it and it Every, attracts a lot of crazy people it did yeah we met a lot of crazy people oh, yeah. making the movie so many just spend, <laughs> just spend the day out at the guide store wow you will have make... some memorable encounters yeah. really <laughs> So this could have been a totally different uh, kind of movie. Uh, if they would have been on. willing to sign releases, we would oh. have had a much different movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean people yeah. like so weird that like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, turn those cameras off. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't... would not sign a release or would not really? get on camera. Yeah. But, um, you know, early on. Maybe they were occultics. <laughs> they were part of the occultic groups. Actually, they were a complete opposite of that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess this is a chance to tell this story, too. I had a gun pulled on me there. What? It wasn't, like, bad. It wasn't super serious. But no. still, a gun came out. <laughs> and you were alone. And I was alone. Oh, my God. And this was, the, the, the project almost died. This was... <laughs> but you, you almost, almost, almost died. died. <laughs> <laughs> you? No, no. I, I, By killing the director? <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I was probably I was never really in danger. The right. guy was just crazy. crazy, but I don't think so crazy it actually would have. But killed there was me. a gun in that. So I'm out there. And it was being yeah. waved around. Yeah, yeah. So I'm out there. This is early on. Like so, the first time we went out was I'm wanting to say this was October 2009. Mm-hmm. The first day we just like, hey, let's just shoot a little footage. I don't even think we were 100. I don't even think Paul at that point was. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's shaking his head like, like, no way. But we just went out. We had a, f- a lot of fun and shot some cool footage. Mm-hmm. So I think that was October of 2009. And I was just kind of like, should I do this? Should I not do this? And I was, there was, this was December of 2009. And I'm out there. It was pretty like kind of gray, chilly day. Mm-hmm. I'm out there by myself. It's probably a Saturday, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think just, it was during the week. That's why it was so quiet. Maybe it was. That could be, okay. too. I, I don't really recall that part, but uh, <laughs> I'm out there, like, shooting some footage, and this Jeep comes up, like, comes tearing up that road. <laughs> pulls, pulls in, you know, like, whatever. Uh-huh. And this guy gets out, and he's, like, uh, uh, he's, like, moving around, and he's, like, waving his arms. <laughs> and he had a gun, like, stuffed down in his pants. Oh. And he pulls this gun out, and I... It's so funny how stuff can go through your mind so quickly. Like, I kind of, like, could see, like, my blood splattered oh my God, yeah, on shot. the stone yes. that has the Russian. Like, <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah. And I was just like, like, you know, you go through your mind, like, is he just going to steal my camera equipment? Which wasn't much, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, like, a tripod, and, you know, is he just, is he going to rob me? Is he going to kill me? Um, so he pulls this gun out, and he's kind of like, hey, man, you know, this, and, and he's, like, waving this gun around, kind of like, not, he's not, like, pointing it at me. He's, he's just, like, wants like, to talk, but he's got a gun. But he's kind of like, you know, and it's kind of like, <laughs> and I, he must have just looked at the, saw the look on my face. He's like, oh, is this, like, oh, is this, I can't remember exactly what I'm like making you nervous. Yeah, but, like, is this bothering you? <laughs> is this scaring you? And I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really freaking scared. Yeah. I'm about to soil myself. Yeah. You know, like, so he puts a gun back in his belt, and in the meantime, I'm like very slowly, 
like disassembling Breaking all my down. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting We're up. done today. I am getting I am getting out of here. Meanwhile, he's like all around the stones and he's just moving like mm. crazy. Like, hey, what do you think about da 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 da? And I'm just like putting everything away. And then by the time this was over, there wasn't anyone there. I guess he put his camera on a timer. Oh, and, he, and he grabbed me and he made me <laughs> stand there. Selfie. Yeah, this was obviously before, but he didn't have, you know, this was before selfies. Maybe it wasn't technically before selfies. He didn't have that mm-hmm. kind of camera phone. I mean, I didn't even have that kind of okay. phone. I don't know if they were around in 2009 mm-hmm. or not. But anyway, he sets his camera up, puts a timer on, had to have been, mm-hmm. and he grabs me, uh-huh. puts his arm around me, and he mm-hmm. wants a picture of me oh my God. at oh. the guy's stones. Oh, and I, can, yeah. I have no idea what yeah. that picture looks like, but I'm probably just like... <laughs> yeah. And the gun was and, the gun in the picture. And uh, as soon as that was over, I got in my truck wow. and was out of there. Yeah. That is wild. And I almost... Did not continue the project because of that. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is on hiatus. Wild. But then it was just a few months later. I was like, no, I think I'm going to do this. And then that's when Paul finally was like, I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. Because you had already risked your life for it, I think. <laughs> right. You had to you do, do it Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No, yeah. I didn't know we were going to talk about guns in this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. We were talking to a lady there one day who was very open and was just talking about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she happened to look over, and she saw a cell phone tower. And she immediately stopped talking. And she came over to us, and she said, they can read your thoughts. Mm. And she left. Like, wow. See, yeah, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm like, well, now that I carry a microphone in my pants, I know that. It is interesting that that's where, like, society has brought us to, yeah. like, just paranoia about everything. Mm-hmm. But then on the same, like, on the flip side, just sharing everything with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, two things. One... There's kind of some more reasons to be paranoid now. Right. And two, if you're sharing everything or if you're being spied on, turns out everybody's doing a lot of the spying weird themselves. things that we spying <laughs> and weird things that we all might be embarrassed about. Right. You know, it's like, well, you know, so it's good and bad. And it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. So, what were some of the more difficult uh, people to to get to interview you like was there someone that was like resistant to talk or you know um I mean Wyatt Martin was I mean so difficult I didn't get him in my film was he the bank bank guy so yeah, yeah he's the bank guy who he's, he's the guy, he's who, the guy who actually knows or oh and he was, he's still alive or was still alive yeah. at the time yeah I believe he's still I don't know for sure like, he I talked to Wired so, magazine around that time yeah. but he didn't talk to you right yeah so Wired that was another thing that kind of helped kick this off too was like during that same time frame mm-hmm. like when Paul you know took us around Elver County there was a really cool article in Wired magazine mm-hmm. about American the guide Stone, yeah, American ah. Stonehenge, um, and so Wyatt did a, did the interview with them, and ah. um, I tried to get him, but really, well, obviously, that would have been great to interview Wyatt, and I, I totally understand why he didn't because you know a lot of people were bothering him at the time, and he um, can't save. He's not yeah, he's save. not going to say anyway. Yeah. So, um, but I, I I did try a lot of different mm-hmm. angles. There was. Um, 
uh, Frank Coggins is a big name around. Uh, he's passed, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, big name around yeah, Elberton, name. Elbert County, with in the granite industry mm-hmm. and, and maybe more. Uh, I tried to interview him, never could get through. Uh, Barbara Joe Fenley's secretary would only allow to be a photo in one statement. And I read the statement. Yes. So she wouldn't even have her voice on. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That was wild. Yeah, and I, that. yeah. And like, she was great, and, mm-hmm. and she was awesome. But, yeah, and she was, you know, but didn't want to be on camera. So you picture. spoke to her, and then Christy read mm-hmm. the statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the statement is basically, I think I know who it is, but I'm not saying. But I'm saying. not going <laughs> to tell you. Yeah. Right. So, Thanks. <laughs> so she didn't want any live video of her saying that? I, mean, I don't know. And maybe she just didn't want to be, like, hounded by people. Yeah. Barbara Thompson and I, we emailed back and forth to get mm-hmm. that statement. You know, because I interviewed her and I took a ton of notes, but again, she didn't want to be on camera, which I totally understand. And so I said, okay, this is your statement. I emailed it to her and she said, well, this is, the, we got that all settled. And then Christy read it. I put her, her photograph that she sent me a photograph. Mm-hmm. Of, this is the photograph I want. And this is my statement about the guide stones. Mm-hmm. Christy read it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's in there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very grateful for the information she provided. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Finley's personal secretary, so that's that's pretty yeah, close a good to, source. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And nice voiceover, by the oh, way, Christy. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I first saw the movie, it didn't occur to me that that was Christy. Ah. Uh, you know, but now that I've watched it like you know, three or four more times, I'm like, where's Christy? <laughs> Hi, Christy. <laughs> I'm in the credits. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But um, and I guess you got a lot of practice by uh, uh, reading books for uh, yeah, that's true. Learning Ally. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a very good, very oh. like Thanks. a little intonation, some exp- you know, some some emotion. You know, it's a, a good storytelling. I try to make yeah. it count. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> um, what else? What did I not ask about? What's what's talk about the one of the high points or super low points which we may have already touched on but what did you learn from this endeavor how about that he convinced me mm-hmm. that there that the, the whole story could be true uh-huh. when i started making the movie i thought it was all just a stunt uh-huh. by the ega right i didn't believe okay. any of it i thought R.C. Christian was made up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but during the course of making this movie, that completely changed my mind. And there were so many interesting things coming out in the research that the three of us changed our minds several times. Yeah, really? across the making of the movie, we thought we knew, uh-huh. like, all right, this is this is totally going to be what it's going to turn out to be. Uh-huh. And so then we'd hear something about the R.C. Christian story. We'd go, wait a minute, uh-huh. and you know, he's finding these letters, and but then. You know, we would go back and forth several times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting that even as being on the filmmaking side, we were still learning, and there was, you know, we didn't have our minds made up until pretty close to the end. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's good arguments on both sides, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so compelling is there's not really an easy answer. And there's not a definitive answer. There's not a definitive answer. You just kind of have to try to decide at the end. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just not decide. Yeah. Because if it... I just think it's impressive that there is a right answer, and some people know it, but in a town <laughs> as small as Elbert County, or Elberton, <laughs> and all the people in the county, mm-hmm. um, that it's managed to stay a secret 
all this time. Yeah, that right. Nobody has because you know, people in a town that size don't keep they know, secrets. They know yeah. everyone's business. Yeah. It all comes yeah. out, and I just I am, they almost aggressively know everyone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm just in awe that it's managed to stay a, a bona fide secret, <laughs> mm-hmm. a legit secret mm-hmm. that, you know, there's conspiracy theories, but that's all they are. No one really mm-hmm. knows the truth. And the wow. people that know the truth aren't talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of leaves it to the rest of us wow. to try to get at things. And uh, that's why I love that you found those letters. And yeah. I mean, there's... There's some stuff to find. I think there's still things left to find. Yeah, yeah. That I wish we could make a sequel because I think there's probably more out there. The you sequel might. would take place in Iowa. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it might be yeah, where R.C. Christian sent that uh, letter from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the book was published. Mm-hmm. But well, it was published there, but yeah, like definitely um, once we found the Francis Crick letter, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the name Robert Merriman comes up with in, in with that um, publisher. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you start tracking some things down, which we tried to do, mm-hmm. and it definitely takes you to Iowa. So mm-hmm. if, if there was a sequel, which there will not be, <laughs> but if there were to Someone be... Someone else can do a sequel. <laughs> if there were to be a sequel, I would recommend... Going to Iowa on the sequel. Mm-hmm. I would say you're going to mm. find your answer in Iowa. Okay, okay. Look out, Iowa. Here we come. <laughs> hey, is uh, so here's another question: Is uh, supposedly there's something buried underneath the flagstone? It's, but it's not there. It's oh, not the there. Time capsule. Time capsule. Do you think they're going to somebody's gonna, just somebody is going to be scheduled to bury it there later? Or uh, they, they, they ran out of money, right? Uh, I don't know. If it, you know, well, you know, there was supposed to be. So you know, I, I is this exactly? This is kind of the movie, kind of not. I don't, really, I don't really recall to be honest with you. So you know, there was supposed to be. So, you, so the astronomer, um, oh, that's in the film, mm-hmm. his name skips me. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was adorable. Though. Yeah, he was great, but his name does skip me right now, and which is because he Alabama? says yeah, he skips me. What is that? Uh, but anyway. You, so the the guidestones, the astronomical features, do not work right at none all them. the way R.C. Christian intended. Like right. not even close because right. R.C. Christian wanted this like circle of stones around what you see now as the guidestones, and oh. that is what they definitely ran out of money oh. on. So, Sounds, mm. and he he explains it in the film way mm. better than I can now. This many mm. years later, about how. Yeah, Burgess. Burgess. Yes, thank you. Dr. Nice. Burgess. Dr. Okay. Burgess. Uh, the name does not skip Christian. It's a So the, he talks about the guy who placed the stones and how he kind of came up with this unique way to still line up those sunrises and sunsets, I believe, by like looking through those two stones and like mm-hmm. I said he explains this in the film better than I can now because mm-hmm. it's not fresh in my mind but the original idea was to have a circle of stones around uh-huh. the current guide stones and yeah. that is definitely what they run, ran out of money on uh, um, and then something the, that would line up with yeah and then so those astronomical features would have been totally different and uh, it would have been exactly so they had to kind of rig something up as a plan B to yeah. service uh, the astronomical features yeah so oh. that's what they did the Christian, best they could but yeah. it, it wasn't effective mm. right okay. um, and so then the time capsule was never placed 
But people have gone back and dug holes in that it. place. And so uh, if, there, if there had been one place, it would have been be dug up by people. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like there's been some. It's been pretty pathetic efforts because I watched a couple yeah, other yeah, movies yeah. and they're like, "You see where people tried?" It's like you a know. trowel or something. You know, like, and so you have to have oh, some. I'm sure some of the Guidestones obsessives would have been willing to, willing to tunnel yeah. to China to get that. <laughs> well, you need to bring a, one of your a big machine, some machines yeah. up there to get that. Yeah, you'd have to. That heavy rock. I think so heavy. Yeah. Oh, we've we've almost gone from we've almost gone two hours. Wow. What? <laughs> Happy <laughs> editing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And you got your own guides to this project. Yeah, exactly. yeah I got my own project. Longer than the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only parts I'm taking out is that one thing. And then the parts where I sound dumb and stuttering. No. Rest is no, man. You did just You didn't fine. sound dumb and no. stuttering. Yeah, this was I'm a like, lot of fun. Mm, what's yeah. my next question? But uh, oh, oh, let's do a, a little selfie. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make it like keep filming, and then we'll just smile a lot, and I'll use it for promo. Do you have a gun? <laughs> a gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike likes it when there's a gun. Yeah, let me get your guidestone selfie. Hey. <laughs> oh, no glasses. There. Cheese, cheese. <laughs> thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Oh, let me do the thing where, as is my signature, my handshake. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is like a little Thanks, promo video. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Really, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank it you. It was this great was, to revisit this. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do a um, anniversary screening at some point. Yeah, in Athens. Yeah. In Athens. Oh, oh, you mentioned Flickr. Mm-hmm. I I go every uh, second Tuesday of every month. There's like a film Athens meet and greet, and occasionally we do screen film projects that people did. Usually there's short music videos, mm-hmm. and it just it clicked in my mind like, what if you know you wanted to do that for fun or yeah for, I'm down, you know, down for it a would fun, be cool. like a fun and anniversary that, that, that's screening. your original idea anyway well, right I think, flicker but I screen it but I think you'll need a bigger room than flicker since we sold out scene a that's true yeah. twice twice yeah that's pretty impressive we sold out scene a twice so that was that one that's we're either going to have to show it all week long at Flickr, mm. or we're going to have to go to a bigger <laughs> room. Or just don't tell anybody. Yeah, just show it. That would just be mean, though. No. <laughs> to tell anybody. Oh, yeah, tell well, people. that's kind of, let's just say that's a loose, abstract plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, won't, we won't try to <laughs> well, get down any other detail. Well, and also, the movie's now available, so it can yeah. just be watched on demand at YouTube. So it's I not, know, it's not the it same. But it could be a thing that yeah. might be... For, yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be yeah, fun. It would be, yeah, it would be yeah. fun. But that's true that it's not maybe not as important to get a giant room because ne- the movie was not available then. Right. But it's available now. Plus, so. we marketed a lot, like well, street marketed. Yeah. Well, and flagpole and posters. the oh, yeah. Yeah. all those yeah. posters. We got and two, two media outlets to interview Mike. Yeah, that's right. So. I'm gonna. Play Kyle's music over the end, and you oh, last minute bunch. You know, it's just like at the end, it's gonna get cut out of school, but just another huge thank you and shout out to Kyle. Go to, yeah. sounds- Go to Bandcamp and buy the soundtrack. Exactly. I did yeah. buy, I bought it already, yes. actually. Um, it's wonderful music and um, will make your life better. It yeah. starts the beginning of the movie off yeah. especially well. I'm like, I was in. I was like, the car's driving on the road, yep. that little. That little jingly banjo and whatever's whatever's happening. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I, I, 
I bought it. Yeah. I buy the soundtrack. Buy the soundtrack. And go and look at all of Kyle's music. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. All right. It's so Kyle good. Dawkins, people. Check him out. Yeah. <laughs> listener do you know what the largest living thing in the world is how about the fastest if you answered a fungus you get two gold stars i'm jen pirelli mayor of fungi town a bi-weekly podcast about mushrooms molds rusts and other fungi i might even discuss a little smut join me and we'll explore the answers to questions like which mushroom has pink tentacles what fungus causes flies to commit suicide and which mushroom is shaped like a Well, they don't call it phallus impudicus for nothing. You can find Fungi Town at fungitown.org, on your favorite social media app at Fungi Town Pod, or search for Fungi Town in your favorite podcatcher and come on down to Fungi Town. Hey, listen, if you like Limited Perspective, please find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe. And if you're interested in doing more, why don't you go on over to Apple Podcast and rate and review my podcast. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. See you next time on Limited Perspective.